Hi, this is Cam. And this is Mal. And this is Their Eyes Were Watching TV, a TV and film podcast. Uh, today, we'll be talking about the season two premiere of Euphoria on HBO. If you have not watched it, please go back and watch it. Uh, listen to the news if you care to, and then come right back. There will be spoilers ahead. Indeed. So to start out with news, um, do you want to share uh, your premieres first? Uh, yeah, 2022. Lots of lots of premieres on the horizon uh, for the movie girls. Uh, DC and Marvel are going to rule the box office. We've got a new Thor movie coming out in July. We've got a Doctor Strange movie coming out in May. Uh, the Batman movie with Robert Pattinson as Batman and Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman is coming out in March as well. Then we've got another one of the uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man versions coming out. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, implying that there will be a part two as well at some point. Is that going to be animated too? It is. Animated as well. Uh, the Flash is getting his own movie. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, as we know, also coming out next year, but it won't be out till the fall, like November. Um, Aquaman, he's getting another movie. Jason Momoa, you get to see those abs. He sounds surprised he's getting another movie. Well, I don't know. Apparently there's like mixed reviews on Aquaman. I enjoyed Aquaman thoroughly. I watched it several times. And if it's on, I'll sit there and watch it. Um, yeah, I thought didn't love it. Yeah, I, visually I thought it was stunning. But. <laughs> I mean, I, I liked it. I can't say I liked it as much as I typically like Marvel movies though. Hmm. Or as much as I like the first uh, Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, because the second one was no bueno. No bueno. Um, so, yeah, that's a lot of the movies that are premiering. Uh, TV show. Oh, I also forgot to mention another Jordan Peele movie. We can expect that in 2022. Right now, the title is simply Nope did see that poster <laughs> <laughs> um tv wise we've got a couple of random things uh that new bel-air show i guess i don't know if it's like the spinoff or take of fresh prince mm -hmm. or serious version that's premiering on hbo max this month actually um oh sorry next month next month right before valentine's day I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm on the fence about that one. I saw the trailer and I was just like, eh. <laughs> I saw the trailer today. I thought it actually looked pretty good. And if I remember correctly, I don't know if it's the same guy who's playing Will in, in this uh, Bel Air show, but there was like, um, do you remember like that short film that someone did a few years ago and it was supposed to be like, if the Fresh Prince was serious. I think like the guy who did that, like Will Smith worked with him to create this version of the show. 
if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Good for him, but it feels like all American. Like, I don't know. Like, nothing about it seems new or fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended. (laughs) So I'll give it an episode, but my expectations are pretty low for that one. Um, also premiering ATL, finally, the third season after Wait. what feels like forever. Atlanta? Oh, yes, Atlanta. Not, not the... Ah! Not new and... <laughs> no, not, not part three. Or I guess aren't, they're trying to do a part two to them. I think they are doing a part two, yeah. God. <laughs> the show on FX starring Donald Glover. Uh, that guy, yes, that Atlanta is finally coming out in March of this year. Uh, I guess part two of the final season of Grownish that is coming back later on this month. We can, I guess, see what happens now that Grownish is ending and Blackish and Mixedish is done, right? Oh, I never actually watched <laughs> Mixed. I didn't either. I don't think many people did which is why (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to give it a shot I just I don't know I just never sat down to do it um but speaking of Blackish did you watch the season premiere last week no honestly I don't like I don't watch Blackish regularly like I'll catch it on when it's on um so I'm I'm very far behind I think I don't even know if I had seen the seasons when uh, old Devante, Deontay, Devante. Um, Devante. (laughs) Yeah, they had uh, Michelle Obama on the season premiere. Whoa, what was she doing? Was she playing herself or somebody (laughs) else? She she was, she's playing herself. That would have been hilarious though, she was playing somebody else. Um, Right. Uh, just meddling in their business but they went to a like a a charity event and Mm -hmm. they were like um Bo had to talk like Andre into going and she was like there's going to be a special guest and he was like you already know it's John Legend it's always John Legend and so they go and they see Michelle walk in and they're like oh my god that's not John Legend and so they end up uh getting chatted up with her a little bit and I won't spoil it for people who haven't watched it and are planning to watch but it, I thought it was really cute okay all right first lady um what else I, I know you don't care about this but um the power heads are going to be excited because power book four uh force premieres on stars next month that is Tommy Egan's continuing story why are you that? It's book four force. <laughs> yes. Okay. Book four colon four. <laughs> uh, I wish this would have been like book three or book five. I don't know. That's just weird. What it continue. <laughs> I mean, you know how this is 50 cents, so <laughs> don't expect too much. Um, but yes, this is it's interesting because all the like book two is about um ghost's son book three was kind of Kanan's origin story and book four is now tommy's i guess continuing story where he left off in at the end of power um 
no tagline or subtitle for that season. <laughs> um, so yeah, the preview, I mean, it looks like more of the same, what you would expect, guns, murder, and mayhem. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure the fellas are excited about that. I'll give it an episode or two. I don't know. I liked Tommy, but I don't know if I want a whole show about him, especially if it's not kind of like a taking us back to see how Tommy became Tommy. I mean, you know, I think I'm a little more interested in that story versus continuing his drug life story. Yeah. You really love an origin story. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Tommy, he was an interesting character. He was one of the most interesting characters for Michelle, in my opinion. You said Tommy was? Yeah, he was. Okay. Okay. I just remember you saying something similar about uh the harder they fall. You're like you want to see like how they or how stage oh, yeah. got there or something. Yeah. Well yeah, you know, you always want to know how people got from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're curious um last two things peacemaker uh that is uh i guess a dc show that's coming on hbo max starring john cena as peacemaker peacemaker was also in i think the latest uh suicide squad movie um so he gets his own show yay for him uh, and lastly, relatively famous Ranch Rules premiering on E, which stars the children of rich and famous people, I think, being forced to work on a farm or a ranch. Uh, I only cared because uh, Shaquille O'Neal's son is on there. So I was like, oh, I'll support them. I like this little family. They're cute. Okay. Kind of sounds like it's giving the simple life. Yes. Very that. Very that. Uh, no one seems to have as much personality as Paris and Nicole, but we shall see. Aww. I didn't recognize a lot of the other kids, so I'd be interested to know who their famous parents are. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to say it's nice that you said Paris and Nicole because Nicole Richie kind of carried that whole show. But Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> That's all I got for things premiering. Be on the lookout. So, uh, not to bring the mood down but uh we've had a lot of people passing away in like the last week week and a half um so just this past sunday uh bob saget from or most known from full house he played the dad on that show Daddy tanner he passed away uh this past sunday i don't believe the cause uh has been stated yet um, but that was a pretty big shock to uh, to most people. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, Max Julian, best known for starring in the 1973 black exploitation film *The Mac*, passed away. And I think this was last Friday. Um, Sydney Poitier, legendary, iconic actor, uh, passed away. He is the uh, first um, African American or. I guess, Black person, Bahamian American, Bahamian American, to win um, a lead Oscar. He won Best Actor for the film Lilies of the Field. Um, he was uh, only the second Black person to win an Oscar after, of course, Hattie McDaniel won Best Supporting Actress for Gone with the Wind. If you 
would like to explore some Sidney Poitier films and you're not super, um, super familiar with his catalog, a few that I would suggest are um, the Defiant Ones, Raisin in the Sun, uh, Porgy and Bess, uh, in the Heat of the Night, and Paris Blues. Paris Blues is my personal favorite. That film stars uh, him and Paul Newman, along with Joanne Woodward and Diane Carroll. Um, in that film, Sydney and Paul are jazz musicians, and they meet uh, Joanne and Diane, who are friends um, on a train. They're visiting Paris uh, from the States. And the chemistry in that movie is just fantastic because Paul and Joanne were married in real life. And at the time, Diane and Sydney were dating in real life. So I um, highly recommend that film. Also an incredible soundtrack if you like jazz music. And maybe the most shocking uh, uh, star that we've lost recently was um, TV pioneer, pop culture icon, Betty White. She passed away on New Year's Eve of 2021. Um, most people know her from the Golden Girls where she played Rose Nyland, um, that lovable ditz, uh, but she had been in film and radio um, for years. She had um, her own show, uh, The Betty White Show. Um, and ironically, actually had a, another show called The Betty White Show later in the 70s, which was a spinoff of The Mary Tyler Moore Show, which she was also featured on. And uh, more recently, she was on the TV Land show Hot in Cleveland. Um, on TV Land this weekend, they are going to be doing a uh, Betty White marathon. Uh, which is mostly going to feature Golden Girls episodes and Hot in Cleveland episodes. So if you are a fan, um, definitely tune in for that. Um, it's sure to be hilarious. And I just want to share a quick story that I saw, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw a couple weeks before Betty passed away. Um, I saw it on the uh, BCG Mag Instagram page. And uh, it's about the Betty White show from the 50s. Uh, so in 1954, um, she faced a lot of criticism for including a black tap dancer named Arthur Duncan on her show. And she apparently responded with, I'm sorry, deal with it and gave Duncan more airtime, um, which ended up uh, getting her show canceled. But what I found out after uh, she passed away, um, I saw a quote from Duncan where he was saying he had no idea this was going on behind the scenes. Um, so I just thought that spoke a lot to her character that um, you know, she was dealing with this criticism, criticism and stuff and kept it from him so he wouldn't have to deal with that extra sh uh, stress on his plate. So, um, yes, wonderful, wonderful person. Definitely one of my favorite celebrities of all time. Yeah, very sad. Very sad that uh, we're only 10 days into this thing and so many greats gone. Oh, and sorry, I forgot because, you know, we are losing a lot of our, our stars from that kind of quote unquote golden era. I did want to mention that um, Nichelle Nichols, um, best known for her role on Star Trek, um, she apparently was uh, suffering some kind of like elder abuse and there's a GoFundMe up for her. Um, so we can definitely like share that on our Twitter and whatnot. Um, you know, definitely don't want to see her going through that she was such such an important person in black history and black media representation um so you know definitely want to protect her while she's still here 
Mm-hmm. In lighter news, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, <laughs> you know Stephanie from Ninety Day Fiance and The Single Life. God, unfortunately, I do. Yeah. Did you hear about like her having to be hospitalized because? I guess she had been eating a lot of things to increase her fart production because she has been selling jars of her farts for $500 a pop and hasn't been able to keep up with the demand. Unfortunately, I did read that. (laughs) And I remember seeing when she, I guess, announced that she was doing this. And when I saw it, I was just like, you don't, really have to fart into like you could just send the I don't know like you I don't know put some garlic or something in there and take it out like so it has some kind of faint smell of something but I just feel like everything that woman does is exhausting that is it's just so nasty like who's doing this to like you had to be hospitalized for like being too gassy (laughs) (laughs) and now now she's saying she's gonna sell nfts of these farts and i'm like how do you how do you capture your fart digitally i don't i don't understand i thought nfts were like those little drawings or something (laughs) i feel very old because like i honestly have no idea what they are and why people are paying so much for them i don't even know if that's an age thing i just feel like that's like a bro-y kind of like people who like bitcoin and <laughs> i don't know i feel like that's like that world Apparently, love, like, elon musk and stuff uh but i can't i don't i have no idea how that would work but i just i, I can't believe people were buying farts in the first well i mean <laughs> i guess actually i can people love all kind of weird shit but five hundred dollars for this chicks farts that that's what i was tripping on oh i forgot it was five hundred dollars okay yeah no that's five hundred dollars a jar for this wow random woman's farts wow that's crazy because it's not even like it's like julia roberts fart (laughs) exactly exactly 90 day fiance not and not even one of the like fan favorites exactly it makes no sense like I, ugh, capitalism god damn you <laughs> god, i mean as much as like she gets on my nerves good for you you can make a living that way though i'm sure it's, i mean don't be such a dumbass that like you just only eat beans and like whatever and have to go to the hospital because you have so much gas like that's outrageous but if you were smart enough to find ways around that and realize that you can sell people anything, then that would be a great way to live. Oh, I'm high key hating. Like, I would love this job. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. I could do it. <laughs> if it's I'm, a market, I will sell it to you. I'm like working in like Excel sheets and she's just like laying around like eating Fritos. Kind of jealous. Yeah. oh gosh ew okay let's let's move on let's move on what a gross note to end on (laughs) (laughs) to give a little levity (laughs) well well, that that did it really 
let the air out of the room. <laughs> so this week we are talking about the season premiere of Euphoria. So uh, I don't even know how to describe. I mean, hopefully you've seen Euphoria. Like it's kids in high school. <laughs> like I just got overwhelmed. Oh, like thinking about how to explain this like uh, people are on drugs like kids are having sex and but I will say what I do like about euphoria because usually I don't like seeing shows where teens are having sex or supposed to be like frequently sexually active I do feel like this show does not glorify it in a way say like cruel intentions or something like that like it's usually we're seeing you know they're being taken advantage of or they're using it to cope with something or you know they're having a hard time dealing with the emotional feelings that deal with it so in that way even though it does feel like an extreme version of high school um I do feel like that kind of makes it I don't know brings it back down to reality a little bit um but on this episode uh we kind of get to see uh the character Fezco's background and and how he grew up to become like the drug dealer of a heart of gold. So uh, if you watch the previous season, you know that Fezco, played by Angus Cloud, um, is a good friend of main character Rue Bennett, played by Zendaya. So, but we don't really get to see a lot of his backstory. We just know that he, even though he will give drugs to Rue, like he kind of wants her to get sober and like get her life together. He doesn't want to see her strung out. So we know he kind of has this like protective spirit and whatnot. So the season premiere opens uh, with Fezco's grandma. Um, and the first line we hear is Rue saying, um, Fezco's grandma was a motherfucking G. So we see the grandma go into the strip club and she walks to uh, the back room and shoots a guy who is uh, receiving fellatio. <laughs> and uh, he has his pants down. She shoots him in both legs, which I thought was kind because I really thought she was going to shoot him in his penis. So I was like, she kind of did him a solid. Yeah, I, I was actually really shocked that they showed peen on camera. I was like, oh! we did that last season did they whose penis did they show oh well that locker room scene yes i do remember that but i don't i wasn't expecting that like "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry your virginal eyes were offended (laughs) (laughs) but so she comes back out to the car and she tells fesco you know i spoke to your i just spoke to your dad and you're going to be staying with grandma for a while. And so as we go to the next scene, we see that Fesco is, like, she's getting him involved in her business. And we see him, um, I don't know, cutting cocaine, I guess. I guess you have to, I don't know, dice it up. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> like, cutting in the baggies. <laughs> yeah, he's like cutting in the blockbuster card uh, to pack in baggies to put in his tidy whities because as she says, they're not going to pat down a 10 year old and I just wanted to note the song that they played during this uh section of it it's called look at grandma by Bo Diddley which I never heard that song before but I was like oh this is like really funky and like the lyric says uh look at grandma wearing her hot pants 
because <laughs> like that's the kind of grandma this is like this isn't uh you know this isn't Betty White like this is like a badass like cool like leather wearing grandma perfect song to kind of introduce her character so we go forward to the future and Fezco is in the car with Rue and his um little brother kind of adopted little brother Ashtray who uh his grandma took in because his Ashtray's mother used him as collateral for drugs never came back and got him so this is like Fez's like fit pretty much like his only family left um so they're going to um, get some drugs from like a new person. So once they get to the apartment, uh, Fesco and Ashtray meet their connect. I don't remember what his name was. Well, they were going to meet a woman, right? Yeah, but the guy who um, Ash had like hit his hammer with the nose or hit his nose with the hammer. Oh, monkey or like mouse something some animal i think mouse was mouse. okay so mouse and his girlfriend so the girlfriend is supposed to work oh oh the guy no the guy i guess he killed oh yeah no mouse is the guy he killed that's right yeah well either way they meet uh this guy who's introducing them to this lady named Lori, so they can get like a new drug connector or whatever and uh the guy's girlfriend and rumors was to wait in the car not make a lot of noise just chill don't go anywhere so the girl uh the girlfriend starts shooting up heroin so they end up getting pulled out of the car and dragged into the house with uh fez and ashtray while in the house like they're made to um strip to prove they're not wearing a wire it's very intense like I think Fez really thought, you know, like this might be the end, I might be killed. Um, and so once like they prove they're not having anything, he finally gets to talk to Lori. And Lori asks about, uh, this is where we kind of start seeing the parallels with him and his grandma. I think he says something like, you know, I'm trustworthy or I'm, I'm a good, good judge of character, something like that. And she's like, but you brought a kid to a drug deal. And he's like, that's not my kid. That's my business partner, which is exactly what his grandma said when she would take him with her. And then she says, well, you brought a high school kid to a drug deal. And she's talking about Rue. And he says, um, that's my family. So, which I think was kind of, kind of a big deal because like, like I said, he really only had Ash. So I don't know if I realized that he felt that strongly about Rue. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I was curious to know like what their connection is and why he feels so connected to her because she seems to just think of him as like her drug dealer or friend. I don't know that I don't know that she feels that familial bond as much as he does. Right. Um but I, I also wondered why why was she with them? Why does he keep involving Rue in these situations? Like the first time in season one when she's there when Mouse, I think, forces her to take fentanyl. Oh yeah. Like I don't understand why he didn't like get her out of the house. Why he could have tried a little harder <laughs> to get her out of the house. Um, and then this situation, like she really didn't have to be there. Like, I don't, I, you could have dropped her off at home. I don't, I don't understand why she was there and why 
he's involving her in this. Yeah, so the only thing I can think is like they were planning to go to that party. So maybe he was like, I just got to make a stop on the way. <laughs> Meet my new connect. Yeah, and I think it just, it goes to show, I mean, do they explain how old Fesco is? Like, is he the same age as Rue and them or is he older? They never said, I saw something online that said he was supposed to be 21, but I don't know if that's true. I thought he was older, um, but I just, I think it's interesting, like after they meet up with the Lori lady, or actually, no, I think it's right after the scene where they show um, what's the little ashtray going apeshit on Mouse with the hammer. Um, it's Rue in the car, like rapping to Tupac. Mm-hmm. And they're both in the car, Fez and Ash, like really upset, like annoyed that she like has no awareness that like, girl, this is real life. <laughs> like what he's saying in these songs, like we are living, you are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, she just lacks a lot of awareness. Uh, that scene and then harping back to season one when she refused to leave when his drug dealer connect was coming. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess Fez is like becoming the big drug dealer in the town. I don't, I don't know. Where are they? California? I think it's Made up city? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to be a real city or not. I think it's California. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I was really glad that Fezco is getting his shine. Like, I thought he was very interesting season one um I wanted to know more about him specifically his little brother I thought his little brother had like that I don't know that like form of I guess growing disorder where like you don't grow beyond like the age of eight but you're really like 30 years old (laughs) oh so you thought he was like an adult in real life (laughs) yes Ah. no he is a child but I don't I'm worried for him like he he was too good at his little assassination skills. Like even Fess was like, yo, where did that come from? Well, I did look him up. So um, and I cannot think of his name right now, but he is a, he's a boxer in real life. What? Yeah, he's a little kid boxer because his Instagram says something like future champion or something like that. And so, so he is a kid. Yeah, he's at 12, I think. Oh my god, I would not let my 12-year-old have this show. <laughs> but yeah, he has a he was he was quick. He had a video of him punching a punching bag. Like, I mean, he he was good. And uh apparently he also voiced Pugsley in the animated um Adam's Family movies, like that Adam's Family 2 film that just came out. He was Pugsley in it. Adam's family. Yeah, they had a um like animated version. Oh. Name Javon Walton. Oh, that that is a very black name. <laughs> yeah, Javon and his middle name is like Wana or something. Javon Wana. Oh. Okay. Interesting. I don't know if he's mixed or <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. but so maybe that's why he was so good at uh those movements. 
because he played an animated no because he's a boxer oh oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that part <laughs> oh my gosh so okay so they you know get out with their lives and they go to this big house party this big new year's eve house party well, that was interesting you mentioned Rue was rapping Tupac in the car and then when we go to the party they're playing uh Biggie um hypnotized so yeah. I was like, oh, that felt uh I don't know maybe they're trying to say like Fesco and Nader Biggie and Tupac I don't know but uh everyone everyone's there um we see Jules and uh Maddie oh my god I can't think of a uh, Barbie Herrera's name. Cat. Thank you. So we see Jules, Maddie, and Cat walking into the party, and Lexi, uh, Rue's friend, Maddie's little sister, comes up to them and she's like, Have y'all seen, have y'all heard from Cassie? Or, I'm sorry, I said Maddie's little sister, Cassie's little sister. And she's like, Have y'all seen Cassie? Maddie's like, No, thought she was with you, like just call her. They had a falling out. Um, Cassie's not answering her phone calls. So we see Cassie is at a gas station. Um, I think she was drunk already. She seemed kind of out of it. Yeah. She was just sad. Yeah. Um, but she's getting getting a snack. Um, and she sits outside. And who comes up but the show and high school villain, Nate. And he offers her a beer. He asks what she's doing out there and asks if she's still her boyfriend, which kind of random to ask, but he's like, you know, I'll give you a ride to the party. So they're driving to the party and he starts speeding, going 70 something, 80 something, gets over a hundred, and she's starting to get like really nervous. And he like uh, slams on the brake, which makes her the beer. They're both uh, drinking, by the way, while they're driving. So I just knew an accident was about to happen. But he slams on the brake and she spills some beer. And so it's like, it seemed like she was scared. And then she, I just, I have such a hard time because I really root for Cassie, but I just feel like she, really seeks that male validation for her self-esteem so she kind of notices like the way he's looking at her she pulls down her panties and then it's kind of like okay so we're we're going to this place but when she took off her seatbelt, I just knew he was going to get to a car accident and she was going to go through the like I really thought that was what the show was going to or this episode was going to turn into but it didn't so they make it to the party safely somehow and we see that they are having sex in the bathroom and uh maddie comes and knocks on the door and she's banging um and she's like you hurry up i have to pee and then nate says hold on and she recognizes his voice and so then he and cassie both immediately panic because they are terrified of getting caught because that's Cassie's best friend and Nate still wants to get back with, uh, still wants to get back with Maddie. So I don't know about you, but like that scene had my like anxiety on 10. Oh yeah, I was like on the edge of my seat like this entire episode. Cause one, I thought Cassie was gonna die <laughs> in that car mm-hmm. with Nate. Then I thought like, 
he was being weird and creepy i thought he was gonna like assault her and yeah. then i was like mad at Cassie, like why are you doing this stop stop this is so dumb and then i was like oh crap how are they gonna get out of this like i don't know why but i was i was terrified for cassie like, <laughs> i was rooting for her like please don't get caught please don't get caught yeah that's how i felt too like even though i was kind of mad at her for like doing that i was just like oh my god girl like you gotta find a way out of this bathroom so there's no window or anything they can get out of. So Cassie ends up uh, just laying down in the bathtub and shutting the shower curtain, hoping uh, that when uh, Maddie comes in, she will not notice her. So um, Maddie, Maddie goes in, does her business, no tissue paper. Instead of checking the cabinets for more, she grabs a, a hand towel and uses that to clean herself and then tosses it in the bathtub it lands right on Cassie's face which honestly deserved yes (laughs) yes karma came quick yeah but super disgusting so uh Maddie's gonna go outside but then uh this guy Travis who she had been chatting up in the hallway with little meat Little Beach, uh, Demetrius Flournoy Jr. from the BMF series. I was so surprised. Oh. I had no idea he was going to be on this season. I like Little Meech. I don't know. There's something about him I like. He's a good <laughs> actor. I I didn't recognize him, but I felt like he looked familiar. And I was just like, does he look like somebody we went to college with? Like, I couldn't figure <laughs> it out. But uh, maybe maybe I've seen him in a show then. But yeah, he asked her if uh, she wants to smoke weed. So now they're back in the bathroom and Cassie just shit out of luck again. So uh, I like, no one else at this party has to go to the bathroom. Like, how are they, how are they able to stay in these bathrooms so long? And here's the other thing. So I know there had to have been another bathroom. So like, even when like, so when Nate's in there and he's like, hold on, hold on. And Maddie's like, oh my God, are you, are you in there taking a shit? And I'm like, okay, so if it's going to take him a long time, why don't you go find another bathroom? Why are you just like waiting here? Right. I'm but yes. Cassie's phone was going to go off and she was going to be caught. I just knew the gig was going to be up. But yeah. Oh my, when I saw that phone down by her foot, I was like, why is that not like in your hand? Like, how did that even end up down there? And so this whole episode, Lexi has been trying to call her to check on her, but she hasn't been able to get through. I guess because there's so many people at the party, like the reception wasn't great. But as she gets closer to the bathroom, her phone call finally goes through and the phone vibrates in the tub. And so Travis was like, what was that? And he looks in the uh, in the tub and, uh, you know, Cassie faces away, closes her eyes or whatever. And he's like, oh man, there's a girl passed out in the tub. And luckily Maddie said, who cares? Do you want to go dance? So <laughs> never, never even knew Cassie was in there. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't feel so bad for you, Maddie. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, blooded. I still feel, I would have been like, oh my God, we got to tell someone. But still, I don't know. I, I still feel, I mean, I don't feel, I feel like Cassie betrayed Maddie, but also Maddie leaves to, needs to leave Nate alone. So I don't know. It's kind of on the fence about that situation. 
Well, I think they're broken up, but I'm like, did we forget Nate is a predator? Like what 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 happened with that storyline? Like everyone just Oh shit, I actually forgot about it. <laughs> like I think did he wow. choke Maddie out at one point and then she was like covering for him. Then I don't remember yes. how the season ended, but I guess Maddie doesn't tell anybody about the stuff that happens between her and Nate. Yeah. And the Jules thing, I guess. I don't know. I'm just like, how how is Cassie not like hip to game that like this ain't the one you want to be fooling with of all the people? Yeah, you're so right. Because being like uh, Maddie's best friend, she had to have known about that. Something. Or just know that he's weird and crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I feel like. Because I feel sympathy for Cassie because like when we saw her origin story episode and we saw kind of how her dad was like, you know, in and out of their lives and it just seems like she kind of feels this need for like male validation. So sometimes I do feel sympathy for her, but God, she just makes really terrible decisions. Yeah, I was, uh, I was on the edge of my seat. Very, very, very scared, but I'm glad she got out of it. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how she progresses this season. Cause you know, you see her talking to McKay and he's like wanting to get back together and she's basically like, I'm not a good person. Like, this ain't what you want kind of deal. So I think we're going to see kind of the effects of guilt and how that changes her. Hopefully she doesn't start hanging with Rue and get on them drugs. Yeah. But... <laughs> right, right. And I, I think that McKay thing really kind of fucked her up too, because I think he was kind of like the first guy she dated who like really, you know, treated her well, treated her like an equal. And then he was going through his shit with like not making the cut or whatever on his college football team. And then he had like that rough intercourse with her. And I think that was, you know, she was kind of like, damn, like this is like somebody I like trusted, I thought was different. And it's kind of getting treated the same way, you know? Wait, when did he have, I thought they broke up because like she went to go visit him in college and like, kind of realized yeah their lives were in two very different places like she to me she seemed to lack the emotional maturity to be with him like that may have been part of it but yeah it was like when she I don't remember if it was that last time she went I think it was but yeah she went to go visit him and like Mm -hmm. that happened yeah um kind of taking out his like insecurities or anger or whatever out on her Mm. So yeah, it will be interesting to see how she hopefully grows this season. Are they seniors this year? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Is this the same school year or a different one? I, oh, you're I right. This is Because it's New Year's Eve, so it is the same school year. Yeah. But like, I didn't watch the like special episode with Jules. Did you? Like the... Yeah, I did. I watched both of them. So was she like left Rue at a train station, right? So was this like Christmas break? I, I'm, I'm confused by the timeline of it all. Ooh, yeah. Now that you say that, I'm like, I'm confused myself. <laughs> I thought that was like homecoming or something. Mm, I don't know. It could be the same year or a new one. I, I don't know. 
yeah. seems like a couple of months or at least weeks have passed yeah so. yeah definitely I would say it feels like it's been at least like a month or two so Jules is at the party Rue sees her in an attempt to try to avoid her she goes uh out to Fezco's car um and she sees that uh the girl who had been shooting up heroin um when they were at Lori's had left her little uh Altoid pack of the heroin paraphernalia in the car and so Rue tries it I believe this is the first time that Rue's done heroin right I guess I was just like my god yeah yeah that was oh man (laughs) that was that was really disappointing because I know that's like a super addictive drugs I'm like the last thing she needed was to have something in her life that's like even more addictive than I don't know whatever she's been using already so she stumbles into this laundry room and meets a, a guy who is snorting coke and um so she snorts with them they're hanging out and her heart start her heartbeat starts dropping <laughs> rapidly and yeah. she's like I think I'm going into cardiac arrest which I was just like, is this have we we haven't seen this happen to her before, right? Uh well, so not officially. Like she talks a lot about in the first season how she's like that moment where you're like close to death and then you take a breath and you're back. So she she talks a lot, I think, about those moments where you're like towing the line like am I good or am I bad Mm, okay okay yeah so I don't I don't think we've seen her have like this specific thing though or I don't think she's mentioned cardiac arrest before um so I assumed maybe it was because of the heroin or mixing it with the cocaine I'm not sure but um luckily she has like an Adderall with her um so she um, he like crushes that for her she snorts it and it brings her heart heartbeat back up which I guess pro tip I didn't know that would have that would have worked right I was like you're you're really an addict if you know how to bring yourself back <laughs> <laughs> right Dang. right you just keep that thing on you just in case yeah <laughs> that's why I, I don't know I'm nervous about this new friend I was like this doesn't seem like it's gonna fare well yeah me too like she doesn't need another friend who's into drugs speaking of drugs you could tell like once they once um rue and jules do finally like see each other and have a conversation um rue kind of blames her relapse on jules and you can see how like emotional she gets about that which is basically i think what she was trying to leave like i'm too young i don't want to be responsible for another person who doesn't seem to care enough about their own life to yeah show up for it um and then i obviously i guess rue comes back and like backtracks and like apologizes for i guess being mean to her and then I guess are they back together like they they kissed and like everything was okay yeah yeah they shared a midnight kiss and yeah I think they're they're back 
back and better than ever. <laughs> I was a bit thrown off by that, but I was like, okay, I, ha- I didn't see the last, the like Jules special episode, so maybe I need to go back and watch it to understand it. Um, it's been so long now, I can't remember all of it, but I like, you know, Rue definitely does like appear in it and like, yeah, so she definitely did, did like have feelings for her and missed her and all that. But um, I don't, did you watch a little after thing, the little 10 minute thing that had um, her, Zendaya, and um, no. Sam Levinson? Okay. So she was saying basically it's like they have like this codependent relationship, kind mm-hmm. of like they both have these like holes that like need to be filled. And it's kind of like, well, you know, we know this is like, kind of toxic but it just feels nice to have someone to fill that like empty space so they kind of keep getting drawn back to each other and Sam was saying like basically all Rue wants is to be in a relationship with Jules and to do drugs so in this like episode they're like let's just give her everything she feels like she needs and see what happens Hmm. so but like I don't know him saying that makes me wonder if like is Jules not going to be as much on her case about getting clean anymore because she just so desperately wants to like be with someone Mm. I don't know I wonder if we'll see more of Jules's kind of reckless dating or sex life this season yeah yeah that'll be interesting it looks like um from the preview she's going to be kind of jealous of uh the laundry room guy yeah yeah because it's like him and we were going to become friends maybe more i don't know hmm. yeah, it looks like uh jules is going to be either she's jealous or she's weary of it that'll be a it'll be an interesting power dynamic shift because it yeah. does you know it's all kind of been in Jules's court so that'll be interesting to watch um see how they handle that it seems like there's a budding romance between Fesco and uh Lexi Lexi yeah sister which also made me ask how old is Fesco before I start like rooting for this relationship (laughs) making sure he's not you know a statutory rapist out here well yeah so that was actually the tweet that i saw it said or i think it was a tweet and it said he is supposed to be 21 and she's supposed to be 16 i don't i like i i want to check because i really hope that is not correct i don't know he seemed i don't he just seemed really genuine though like yeah like this is the best moment I've had all year it's a little sad but (laughs) yeah but it was really cool too because we don't really get to see him having conversations like that yeah like lucid conversations (laughs) like that was like high roof like that was really cool to see yeah and you know he I think he saw the real her which is always like a beautiful thing like why are you doubting yourself you're smart you're cool like don't stop saying sorry kind of deal yeah um, and then 
I'm just curious. I mean, I saw in the like look ahead that they still seem to hang out, but it was interesting. Like once he said his goodbyes and he changed clothes so that he could fight Nate, <laughs> um, her reaction to like seeing the real Fez, um, she was kind of surprised, but she didn't seem like mortified or disgusted. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe because it's Nate, he just kind of deserved it. <laughs> that's yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's like, oh, that was. I feel like if I was here, I might have been like kind of shocked by the severity of it. But otherwise, I'm like, yeah, yeah, had it coming. But then I couldn't remember. So was he fighting him because he was messing with his business, or he was messing with Rue? So or both. I had to. I had to go back to refresh my memory. So. Apparently what happened was he had been messing, you know, he had messed with Jules mm-hmm. and cause he found out that she had slept with his dad. And so Rue asked Fezco to kind of like intimidate Nate. So Nate ended up telling the cops about Fezco's drugs and uh-huh. so he ended up getting raided and had to flush all his shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I was going to say before that scene too, like, so McKay, um, Cassie's ex-boyfriend, shows up and, like, as you mentioned, they have that chat where, you know, she's just like, I'm not a good person. They don't get back together. He goes back to the kitchen and Nate is just like, so did you fuck her? Did you fuck her? Did you, like, just really aggressive and he keeps getting closer and closer and, like, McKay starts kind of pushing him away, like, alright, all right, man, chill, chill. And it's it was that was that just made me so uncomfortable like I don't like that and like I know he's just an actor but like it just like creeps me out so much yeah I thought he was trying to like purposely start a fight with him so I'm glad McKay didn't take the bait but yeah just the way he was like in his face and on him like titties and I don't know. Part of me, part of me wonders about the him and Cassie hookup. Like, I, I don't know. Something about it. Feel, I mean, I assume they were both like consenting, but I don't put nothing past Nate. I don't. Something about it just seems off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it seemed like she was you know, already a little drunk before, and then they had a beer or two like on the way there. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I thought maybe, because I think he did ask McKay, like, did you wear a condom? Even though McKay kept telling him, no, like, we literally just talked. Um, but I wondered if he was, like, somewhat more interested because he had just had sex with her. And it's mm-hmm. a kind of weird, twisted way. <laughs> like, wanted to know if they had, like, both did it the same night, I guess. Weird. He's a weird guy. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so going back to uh Fezco getting Lexi's number and then promptly <laughs> changing his clothes going <laughs> up to Nate and he was he like you know it's a new year you know whatever kind of make it sound like he's gonna let bygones be bygones and then when they go to the cheers he has a bottle they brings up from his uh right hand and smashes Nate in the head with the bottle and so when Nate falls back, uh, Fesco just starts pulverizing his face. Um, and because I hate Nate so much, I felt like, you know, that Mimi Faust like 
video clip where she's like, get him, get him again, get him for me. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, yes, Fesco. Yes. Uh, yeah, he deserved <laughs> every one of those licks. Mm-hmm. The episode ended with um, we see Rue and Jules watching what went down, and Rue just says, "Damn." And it's kind of like a like with a shrug, like, oh, "Damn." Which I like, kind of felt like that's how everybody felt. Like, oh, well. yeah. Well, when Cassie and them were trying to break it up, I was like, "For this, I'm not about to get a lot of." fire for this nigga <laughs> and McKay was in there too I'm like he was just in your mouth like move Maddie was in there too like you broke up with him what a yeah. thing yeah Mm-mm. I would have been sitting there watching and enjoying <laughs> um I mean the rest of the season just from the little like week week ahead I don't forecast I don't, I don't know what you can even call it. <laughs> yeah, for you. What the forecast? Thank you. It just seems like a very intense season. Like, I don't know. It felt like last season there was still like some joy, a little bit of comedy, you know, a little bit of lightness. And I don't know. This season feels a little heavier to me. Yeah, I feel like season one, like, I feel like it started out like really heavy. And then, yeah, I feel like it kind of kind of lightened up a bit as the season went on, even though they were still obviously tackling, like, you know, serious issues. Um, but in the, in the little after show that I mentioned, um, Sam said, if season one felt like 2 a.m. at a house party, season two should feel like 5 a.m. way past when everyone should have gone home. Ooh. So, yeah, so it, it's not sounding promising for season two. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. I hope they show more of Kat. Like, I really enjoyed her growth and progression last season. I hope we get to we get to see more of that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I want to see more um, of her relationship, too. Yeah, because I feel like Kat was kind of the comedic relief and levity. Mm. um so I, I feel like we need that somebody to bring it up just a smidge pull <laughs> <laughs> the room off just a smidge um I did see um a preview like before the show aired and like Cassie comes to school and I don't know some kind of outfit and Maddie's like you look like a country singer or something like that and then Cassie says, in a good way or a bad way, and Maddie's like, bitch, you really have to ask. <laughs> I feel like hopefully we'll still have some of that this season, too. Yeah. We shall see. Um, I just wanted to touch very briefly on um, kind of the aesthetics of this uh, season premiere. So they were saying that they had asked Kodak to remake, um, it's called ectochrome film so Kodak like remade this film for them so the entire season is shot on film so that's why it um you know kind of like looked the way it does I feel like especially like you could see it with um the part with uh Fesco's grandma and the scenes of the party um you know where it was kind of like a spotlight kind of like going over people almost like a photo a camera 
Yeah. Yeah. So they were saying like they wanted to make those scenes and those moments kind of feel like photos. Um, so they turned off all the lights and used um, <clears throat> used a huge spotlight to just flash on like certain characters for a second to make it look like you were looking at a snapshot. So um, yeah, I thought that was like a really cool a really cool like filming choice because those scenes like that the party scenes looked really cool yeah i enjoyed that too i definitely got like the polaroid reference and yeah it was cool i'm, I'm glad they they're continuing to do that because i feel like first season there was really interesting like costuming and cinematography and makeup that mm. i'm hoping we see more of this season I would say right now I didn't see too much this episode of like the costuming and makeup, but I'm I'm interested. I want to know. Yeah, there's time. Don't do it. Alrighty. Anything else about Euphoria? Nope, not for me. Alrighty. Moving on to uh, I guess next week. What do you what do you plan on watching? What have you got your eyes on? So over the holidays, I watched a lot. Um, I watched the original Matrix trilogy so I could refresh myself for the new one, which I have not watched yet, but you didn't. <laughs> you watched all the old ones, but didn't watch the new one? Uh, yeah, because then I, like, I just feel like I needed a break from the Matrix. So then I started, went over to Disney Plus and I watched all of the uh, Marvel movies I had not seen yet. So I watched uh, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Doctor Strange, um, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, um, and I finished uh, the show Falcon and the Winter Soldier and started Loki. So I was really deep in my Marvel bag. Um, but yeah, you didn't sound excited about the, ma- the new Matrix anyway, so. Um, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you, but keep your expectations right now. <laughs> okay (laughs) and then noted also um claws is back on i didn't realize it was back on um so i caught up on that i think we're five episodes in and uh this is us also back on and this is the final season for both shows okay we get caught up on claws i will say it is might be good it's the last season it just feels like Desna's just making really bad decisions. Like just like actively making bad decisions, but it's still still a fun show. So what about you? What do you have your eyes on? Um, over the holidays, I started watching Succession. Um, I feel like I'd heard so much about it. Might as well. Uh, so I'm in, I finished the first season. So I've still got some catching up to do it's uh it's interesting I still don't quite understand all the hype but it's it's interesting um yeah anywho um so I've been watching that I also got into Black Jesus (laughs) I think it uh was new to HBO Max it was like a show on Tyler the Creator uh no this was Aaron Magruder the creator of uh, Boondocks him and like I think the lead guy I think he's a comedian named Slink I think they created the show but um yeah it's a kind of 
that Alanis Morissette song, like, what if God was one of us, just a stranger on the bus? It kind of like takes that concept, but like Jesus is a nigga in Compton, <laughs> West yeah. Compton to be exact. Um, I don't, it's funny. It's very silly, irreverent, ridiculous, but I think it's also genius how they like make Christianity really approachable <laughs> um and just like I don't know it's just very believable that this guy could be a real person in Compton <laughs> um and then it also kind of toes the line of like mental health like is this person stable like is he really God or is he crazy I don't, I don't know <laughs> ah, okay um that's a funny show I'm actually sad there are only three seasons of it I also started watching that drag race uh singing competition show Queen of the Universe (laughs) uh I watched the first episode that came on after the drag race premiere so I watched the two like premieres and I don't I don't know how much more I can watch of it. It's very like glee, musical theater, a lot of belting and ballads <laughs> and show tunes. But I I went because my, my girl Juju B was on there. So I wanted to see her perform. Um I'll give it a couple more episodes and, and see how it is. Um is Juju B a contestant? Uh-huh, yeah. She's oh wow okay yeah that must maybe on the second episode yes she's on the second premiere okay um so that RuPaul's Drag Race that's back on season 14 I believe uh mm-hmm. been watching that and sadly I did watch Love During Lockup <laughs> I don't I don't know why <laughs> I'm just get caught up in these stupid universes of these franchises oh but this one I, I don't know how much I can stomach of this one because it's it's truly ridiculous like there was one woman on there who like is basically like her full-time job to talk to inmates like she has a calendar and like <laughs> multiple boards where she maps out like the people she's talking to what time of day they gonna call her to like keep all her lives straight it's a mess a mess <sighs> what i'm watching i i have to catch up on that i watched the new year's eve show that came on it was a special with uh britney um from las vegas and deontay no oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually really good and they had like other former like cast members or whatever like zoom in so they were like interviewing them it was funny because Brittany was kind of talking to Deontay like a little brother like just like come on man like do better (laughs) um but they interviewed do you remember Lindsay who was dating Scott in Mississippi Lindsay what she looked like Lindsay she was supposed to be like a a Barbie quote-unquote um and Scott uh she had that daughter, uh, like a like six, eight year old, something like that. Scott was like, I want to say in his fifties, and he got that. Ha- oh, because when she got to the house, he hadn't didn't have shit ready yet. It was kind of a mess, and she was pissed. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they interviewed her because he got her arrested for I guess scratching stuff into his desk once he she found that he had been lying to her about stuff. Mm-hmm. Turns out, guess who she's dating? Who? 
Bianca? Yes. Wait, is she currently incarcerated? Uh, Yes. I think she gets out in either like March or May. See, now now Deontay's getting on nerves. Now I feel like, Deontay, this is a a check for you. (laughs) You are just looking for the next chick so that you can still be on this show and make money. Well, he said he is moving to Mississippi when she gets out. Oh. And I think it's just like me, my black ass is moving to Mississippi. It's like, yeah, you're a dumb ass. <laughs> I'm not watching that. <laughs> I'm not watching that. Oh my God. Um, I just also want to say really quickly, Abbott Elementary, hilarious. If you're not watching. Yes, I've been, I have been watching it. I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Good. Um, did you have any other shows? Uh, no, that's all that I'm, I'm watching right now. Okay. All the news, so, well, Queens, I'm still watching Queens. I enjoy Queens. Okay, okay. Um, I, so I just wanted to ask really quickly before we go, the Insecure season finale happened while we were on. Yeah, right? yeah. So, I feel like we need to mention it because that was the first show. The season premiere was what we reviewed in our first episode of this podcast. So, um, I was really sad. I definitely teared up in some parts. It's man, like I, it's such a great show that I'm really going to miss. Um, just wanted to know what you thought about how how it ended, and if you have not watched the Insecure series finale yet, then just end the show here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. I think they did. I think they did all the characters justice. I really yeah. do. I was right about your boy Nathan, some timey ass nigga. I knew they weren't gonna make it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I was glad when that fell apart. <laughs> the only I was so happy for Molly, like for her and Torian to get together and it just to be easy breezy, like so happy for her I I don't I go back and forth about Issa and Lawrence like ultimately that's what we wanted or like some of us wanted but I also wanted to see how they got there you know to kind of like wrap it up nicely in like a couple minutes in the finale was just a little disappointing I would have liked to actually see their relationship like grow and develop but Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad they got back together and were able to co-parent with condolences and please <laughs> I'll leave that woman alone. <laughs> um so yeah, I I thought they did I thought they did them well. And I get well now, so I was confused because so they show Kelly in a relationship and did she like make an announcement that she's pregnant and then like nothing <laughs> like we don't see the baby after that yeah i think i was looking for the baby at like molly's wedding and i don't think we ever saw <laughs> right it was like i was like was it real was it fake i mean this is kelly <laughs> <laughs> right it could have been fake <laughs> but I, I'm sad that it's gone, but I'm glad they got the send-off that they deserved. Yeah, yeah, me too. I definitely thought either Issa was going to end up with Lawrence or she was 
going to, you know, choose herself or whatever. Um, and obviously we didn't know that they were going to go a few years in the future. Um, so we got to see a little more of how they made their way back to each other. So I, I felt like that made sense. Um, I was, I wasn't like Lawrence Hive or Nathan. So I was just, I was kind of like, oh, like this is, this is fine. You were, you were Nathan Hive, definitely. I wasn't Nathan Hive. I, I, no, I told you, so like Kendrick Sampson. But mm-hmm. then Nathan kind of gets on my nerves. I, I, I didn't dislike Nathan, but um, yeah. So I was like, you know, this is cool, whatever. The only, my only complaint about the finale, why did they have to kill off Miss Carol? Unnecessary. Oh, the mom. Aww. Molly's mom. I'm like, I'm like, we went through the whole episode of her having the stroke being in the hospital. I thought we admit, I thought we were in the clear. Well, I mean, it's real life, unfortunately. Yeah, but this isn't real life. This is, <laughs> this is a TV show. Like, that, I think that might be the only part where I cried, actually, when they showed the table at Molly's wedding for pictures on it. I was mm-hmm. like, God damn, not Miss Carol. <laughs> I don't know. I think it... I think it shows kind of the ebb and flow of friendships, you know, you, you're there for those moments, the happy, the sad, you know. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but yeah, it just really, really made me sad for Molly, but yeah, I mean. She got married, she married her dream man. Take away losing her mom. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't want to end this discussion on that. Oh, oh, you're saying? Oh, on this? Okay, I got you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're. I, I, I got you. Her mom died, and that's our show, folks. <laughs> no, no, but you're right. I'm. I'm very glad that uh, she ended up with the person who was right for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, all of them ended up happy. Thriving in abundance, as Kelly would say, or however that went. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I guess we have uh, Harlem to fill that void. We do. Which, oh yeah, I binge that too, which I, I want season two like yesterday. Yeah, and oh, you, you see your girl is getting divorced from her sanctified husband. Not sanctified. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I wonder if it's some of those scenes in Harlem that drove a wedge between them. I think so. She didn't have, I don't know, she has like a scene or two with uh, Tyler or was it Ian on the show, but uh, her, I feel like her scenes weren't as crazy as some of the. Uh, oh, yeah, they were mild, but yeah. it's also like preacher's wife right or uh, I don't I don't know what his title is but he knew her job when he married her so yeah well I guess that's why they're getting divorced (laughs) 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 he couldn't handle it oh man well I'm sure Megan Good will be just fine and bounce back oh yeah oh yeah all right, this is this is getting long this episode, so we should wrap it on up. B, okay, you the one still talking? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 
you know, to all of our listeners, followers, please continue to listen, subscribe, follow us on all the social medias, on all of your favorite podcast listening apps. We out cheer. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Their Eyes Were Watching TV and on Twitter at T E W W. Why is our name so long? <laughs> w TV Podcast. Yes. And also, please, um, on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you don't that would be yeah oh only if you like us if you don't like us oh, uh, yeah. save your save the time right <laughs> don't, yeah don't say anything <laughs> exactly don't waste your time on that nonsense <laughs> but yeah um oh i don't think you said happy new year um hope you all had a wonderful holiday season and we hope your 2022 is filled with um happiness and abundance yeah and hopefully you know stay covid free out here oh yeah you know don't catch that get boosted all righty till next time folks bye bye